you're listening to Reigning Revolution, Jedi in the Arts. That's justice, equity, diversity, and innovation in the arts. Tune in to hear conversations with various artists about these themes. Brought to you from CFUV 101.9 FM, and I'm your host, Meharuna Gani. Reigning Revolution is coming to you from the traditional territories of the Sanhis, Esquimalt, and Wasanich peoples, whose historical relationships continue to this day. Hi, Mahuna. <laughs> Hi, Nicola. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering if you could please introduce yourself. My name is Meharuna Gani, and my first name has three meanings, depending on pronunciation. It can mean love, or sun, or light of the moon, and I have chosen light of the moon, so that's why I pronounce it as Meharuna. Can you share a little bit about your project upcoming at CFUV? Well, the show is called Reigning Revolution, Jedi in the Arts. It's justice, equity, diversity, and innovation in the arts. I would be curious to learn about what Jedi in the Arts means specifically to you, and maybe that importance of innovation, if you'd like to speak to that too. What it means to me personally is, is, and especially around the innovation piece, because I think both questions are connected, interconnected. So I'm a person who is self-identified as a person of color. I have a South Asian ancestry. I have also identified as a person with a disability. In that context, I have looked at how does the arts connect to me and the various identity markers that I carry. And I'm also a published writer. So how do I use the literary arts platform to put forward the themes of justice and equity and diversity that I am writing about in in my poetry or currently in my creative nonfiction work? And innovation comes into, into play for me is how can I be using the genre of creative nonfiction in a, in a way that is unique and different for me and that might relate to other people. So I have seen other artists use their art platform to do all kinds of work and representation through their artwork to either tell a story or to have a message for the broader audience to walk away with some kind of understanding or awareness of a theme or a topic that that artist wants his or her audience to learn from. And some of them do it in a unique way. So for example, there's a lot of people with disabilities who are using uh, their art to forward different areas of disability. Or even if they're not, they're using art as a way for themselves to communicate what brings them joy. That leads to a question that I have for you, which is, what would your definition of art be? Has that shifted for you throughout your life? Yeah, so I'll start with the second part of that question first. When I think about um, art, when I was, let's say, in my teens, or into my young adulthood, 
I thought of art as paintings, uh, visual art, the kind of art I would see in the Louvre in Paris or the British Museum. That's all predominantly European art. And what's fascinating is I've seen how some documentaries uphold that as the epitome of art. And I remember going to, let's say, even the Vatican in Italy and seeing um, all kinds of beautiful art by, let's say, Leonardo da Vinci and or going to the Van Gogh Museum and seeing Vincent Van Gogh's art and all that I love. But to then elevate this as the epitome of the art, there's something that kind of um, didn't sit well with me because then I traveled to places like in Africa and to Egypt or East Africa and Nairobi. I also traveled to India and lived in India. And I saw other forms of art that were just as beautiful and seen as the best art in the world. So for me, that's how the evolution of what art was in terms of the context changed for me. There was other forms of art I was exposed to, especially internationally, like living in India. There was dance tradition. I was learning Indian classical dance and learned about the history of Indian classical dance. In unpacking that history, I learned that this dance is elevated just as high as ballet. And so, so for me, it was a question of, okay, what is the colonial context of interpreting art or how, not even just interpreting, but how art has been positioned by, in the context of history of colonization, whose art is better is, is something to look at. And I realized, you know, there's other art that is, is just as high as European art and maybe even better who knows? It's each person's perspective. And what messages were being put forward within all these art traditions? So coming down to definition of art, when, you know, when I was exposed to dance, and then I was exposed to literary arts in India, and visual arts in Egypt and East Africa. And in all these places, there was also the form of oral tradition, which I feel storytelling is a form of art. When we look at art in the context of the Western world, art has been defined a certain way as a result of colonization, which I think is incorrect. So the definition for me of art, I'm looking at visual arts, literary arts, performing arts, design, or new media. Jedi comes in into unpacking in these platforms how the message is being portrayed around justice, equity, and diversity. I've said design because I feel there's a lot of designers who are using their areas of practice to design different types of items with an artistic element to it. So moving from there, do you feel like there is a place for art to bring forward beauty? Uh, you spoke earlier to like kind of message that art can convey and like looking to unpack that. Can you speak a little bit perhaps to that joy and beauty that art can bring? I believe it can bring joy and beauty because it can empower people. As, and I, I'm going to talk from the disability context 
as a person with a disability, I look for how art can bring me joy and beauty so that I don't feel down about the situation I'm in. If I'm having a hard time, you know, as as some people might know with MS, you have your good days and your bad days, and it can be depressing with some of the challenges. So how I navigate that is through writing. In one way, the art becomes more the focus not the person with the disability. Now, the artist as, as who has a disability might want to bring forward their disability as a way to create awareness. So for example, I, I recently got published in a, an anthology that is specifically for poets with disabilities. And the piece I wrote, it's a short haiku. And the last line is centered around that wheelchairs are a carpet, a magic carpet, and let's take flight. Let's imagine what the flight would be like. So there's something for me in that line is uh, um, magical and beautiful and imaginary that leaves a certain kind of hope. And why should it not? I have drawn attention to the disability as opposed to where my other pieces of writing have not. How do you feel art has, and maybe specifically innovation, has means to connect with people and bring them into these conversations that maybe individuals might otherwise be holding to themselves? I think innovation can definitely, I I do believe that if art is done in a way that's different, it can open up a conversation with all kinds of people who might not see themselves as artist goers. So, you know, like when we talked earlier, you, you asked me, how has it evolved for me? And I said, to me, art was in my younger days was about whatever I saw in a museum, the Metropolitan Museum of Art or, or the British Museum, like it was that art. And when I saw those things, I, I'm never going to be that kind of artist. I'm not, I, I can't paint like that, or I'm no Michelangelo. With that said, we're all an artist in our own way. And when I use language like innovation in the context of we're all artists, then we can look at what are the things that we are passionate about and how can we use that innovatively to put forward whatever message we're trying to do. You and I have talked about your science background, right? And how then whatever it is you choose in your science world that you've dubbed as art can put forward a message around justice, equity, and diversity. So for me, it's interesting because I I ended up going into engineering, having always really enjoyed science. For me, engineering was distinct from science in that you could create, you could do something innovative, I think, would be the term. And some of the examples of design that compelled me towards engineering when I was younger included things that were so focused on not just looking at the practical lens of technology or design, but intimately related to the aesthetics of it and how that is critical for people to want to use something. So an example I always pulled from, and I still like to this day, is the idea of a lucky iron fish. I forget exactly who the organization was, but they were seeing specifically in Cambodia an absence of elemental iron in diets and then some subsequent health effects. Some people decided to try to give lumps of iron that could sit in a cooking pot to increase the uh, presence of elemental iron in someone's diet. 
it was wholly unsuccessful. And what they ended up doing was having a conversation around why did they not want to use it. And what they ended up doing was changing the design from a block of iron to the shape of a small fish. That was aesthetically something that they didn't mind seeing in this cooking situation, and it made it an accessible solution for people. So many examples over my course of like thinking about design is people, one, not talking to the end users about what they really want and need, uh, leading to a poor design, but also not thinking about the importance of, of beauty and joy. Uh, if you think of things only from a utilitarian perspective, it's not always as exciting or enjoyable, and there should be enjoyment in like the use of things and technology, and also in ease. And I think that's something that I think a lot about now in terms of creation. I don't know if that answered your question entirely, but... It does. It's, yeah. it's very interesting because somebody who might be stuck on what is art or defining a certain art form might be like, oh, how could a little fish be, you know, for iron, be art? Mm. And there's something key you said. You said creation. Art is creation. So I, I'm of the mindset that art can be anything. Mm. It, and really, it's about the intention. What is the intention or result of that piece of art? And the other key thing you talked about was the conversation piece. The people needed to be a part of the conversation to find out what is it that they want and need. And that can happen and with art, and sometimes it doesn't. It depends on, the, I think, the artist and, let's say, the designer and how they go about doing it and knowing from other people, what are they looking for? What are people with disabilities looking for in fashion? Fashion is about designers. Drives me nuts. So many clothes have a zipper on the back, which I cannot feel. Why aren't there more simpler types of clothes for comfort that are designed in such a way that keeping in mind that perhaps there's some people whose hands are not working properly to either put that piece of uh, material over their head or to be able to zip it up. Mm -hmm. Same with pants. Why are there so many buttons on those pants? Why aren't there more pants with elastics mm -hmm. that look a little bit more funkier? And that is a question of design. I'm just saying these are certain design things to keep in mind with people with disabilities. But I'm also saying that I see that as a type of art, you know, so it's almost like disrupting what is the definition of art. Maybe others might not see these as art, but I do because I see all of that as a, a creation of some sort. It is about um, being completely thinking out of the box and being creative and redesigning, redesigning things. And for me, something that that brings up is the idea that art can be relational and specifically thinking about design. You're often designing for someone and how important it is to think beyond yourself in the user role, but think of a variety of users. And that can be so broad in who you're designing for. And I think that's often missed in a lot of engineering fields um, and design work. But maybe that leads to a question for you of how do you think art is relational, either relational to self, but also to others in those messages that they might bring? I think uh, in terms of self, for various artists, and I can't speak for everybody, but I know for me, um, the doing the art that I do in terms of the literature world is me processing whatever I may be dealing with. 
I, I dealt with racism, I've dealt with sexism, I've dealt with classism and disability. So in order to go through the grief that I come across or the hurdles or the barriers is through writing that I find some kind of peace and some kind of way to vent my frustration or anger, but then ultimately coming to some kind of peace. As you've been sharing about art and your practice, I would be very curious to hear about what do you hope to learn from producing Writing Revolution? On the artist front, I hope to learn from others what they're doing in their practice and how they're putting those themes together. And can you share a little bit about your experience at CFUV, um, I guess, both past and present? Sure. In the 90s, I had two radio shows, one in collaboration with others called Token Zone. It was focused on elevating marginalized musicians that often were not highlighted in the mainstream radio world. My second show was called South Asian Rhythm and Roots, focused on highlighting South Asian Canadian musicians and their music and having a conversation. And, and often these were people that were not heard in the, again in the mainstream. I actually took Token Zone to the UK when I was doing my master's. I called it Token Zone UK. The show got nominated for a BBC One award. And in the context of the UK, it was looking at international musicians that were not often played in the mainstream. I was exposed to a lot of international artists. For me, in, if I compared it to being in Canada, there wasn't that kind of international global exposure to the degree that was present in the UK. Coming back to CFUV now, I see even more diversity. It was there in the 90s, but there's even more. I think that reflects to demographics in Victoria. It's much more diverse than it used to be. And it reflects to the kind of programming that I've encountered here about themes of diversity and inclusion that people can tune into and learn. On that, in terms of what people can learn, what do you hope to inspire from Reigning Revolution from your listeners, but also maybe your guests and for you? My tagline is inspire ideas, cultivate diversity and build inclusion. I'm looking for artists and the kind of people I want to speak to is, is how are they inspiring ideas? What are they doing to cultivate diversity? And what are they doing to build inclusion in their art practice? And I want to explore that. What does that mean for them? How are they evolving through that as they move forward with their art? And my last question for you is, what do you dream for? And this can be in a radio context, but it can be beyond as well. What do I dream for? To keep hope alive. And through art is where I see hope can be captured. And the person doing the art is doing it no matter if they're an able-bodied person or a person with a disability, is doing that art as a way to keep perhaps their own internal hope alive, but hope alive for other people. And my last question would be if there's anything else that you'd like to share um, today or about your upcoming podcast, Reigning Revolution. 
I will be looking for all kinds of artists to speak with and uh, and have a really fluid, organic conversation. And I'm really excited by seeing where this is going to take me. And it feels like a, something that we can have fun with. Thank you for your time today. You're welcome, Nicola. It was really great speaking with you. You as well, as always. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Reigning Revolution, Jedi in the Arts. For contact information of the guests or to listen to other podcasts, please visit cfuvpodcast.com.